Today is the third day of the Holy Triduum, and again, I'm joined by Father Jeff Walker. Thank you again for joining me, Father Jeff. It is my pleasure, John. All right, today is Holy Saturday. What can you tell us about Holy Saturday? What are we celebrating today? So Holy Saturday has two aspects to it. So it has the day, which is a day of silence where nothing happens, uh, because this is the, the day where Jesus is in the tomb. Uh, so we talk about Jesus was in the tomb for three days, and the first day was Friday when he was buried. Uh, the second day is Saturday, and the third day is Sunday, the day of the resurrection. So if you want to be technical about it, Jesus spent two partial days and one full day in the tomb. And Holy Saturday, the day part of it, is the day where Jesus was in the tomb. So again, this is a strange day that no sacraments are celebrated unless it's an emergency, um, aside from the sacrament of confession. Uh, so the church is sort of at a standstill because the whole world is at a standstill because the creator of the universe, the word made flesh, is buried in a tomb. So the day part of Holy Saturday is a very strange and quiet day. But what we want to focus on in our conversation today is what happens after dark. So in the Jewish uh, times, the new day began as soon as the sun set. Because if you think about it, how do you say this day is over when you don't have a watch on your wrist? Well, the day is over when the sun sets. And so that's when the new day begins. So as the sun sets for us on this holy Saturday, a new day dawns, the third day since the death of the Lord, uh, the resurrection of the Lord. And so we celebrate the Easter vigil. Sometime after the sun went down on Saturday and before the sun came up on Sunday morning, Jesus rose from the dead. It happened in the dark of the night. We know this because we read in the scriptures that the woman, women went to the tomb at dawn to anoint the body of Jesus, and they found the tomb to be empty. So sometime in the dark of the night, Jesus rose from the dead. And so in the dark of the night, the church begins to celebrate the resurrection. So Easter vigil uh, occurs, the mass of Easter vigil occurs after sunset on Saturday. Um, and so that would be the Jewish Sunday. And it commemorates uh, the resurrection of the Lord. Can you walk us through some of the elements, especially the unique elements of the Easter Vigil? I know there are many of them, so perhaps maybe uh, pick out a few of them and, and talk us through what we, what we celebrate. In a lot of ways, the Easter Vigil is the queen of all of the liturgies, that we pack just about as much as we possibly can into this liturgy. And it begins in an unusual way, as it has the last few days. Uh, Holy Thursday was a mass without an ending. Good Friday wasn't a mass at all. And the beginning and end of the liturgy are very strange. It leaves us hanging. And so the Easter vigil begins outside of the church in the dark of the night surrounding a fire. And the fire is blessed as a symbol of the light of Christ, which conquers the darkness. And from the flames of the fire, the Easter candle or the Paschal candle is lit. And then in procession, 
the light of Christ, the Easter candle, the light of the resurrection is brought into the darkness of the church and uh, begins to spread. We read in the story of the Exodus that God led his people out of the land of slavery in Egypt toward the promised land and that he led them uh, by means of a pillar of fire in the night and a a cloud of smoke during the day. And so the incense, which is also uh, ideally lit from that blessed fire, and the candle, uh, the Easter candle, serve as our pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. And led by the incense and the Easter candle, God's holy people, uh, we Christians, the church, are led out of the outside, out of the world, into the church, um, as an image of God who leads his people out of the land of slavery into the promised land. So all of the people are gathered outside and they're led in by this Easter candle and by the smoking incense. And as we come into the church, the light from the Easter candle is taken and passed along to each member of the faithful who is holding a candle in their hands so that when all of the people are in the church then, all holding lit candles, the darkness of the night is dispelled by the light of Christ's resurrection. So that's the first few moments of this liturgy as it's normally celebrated. And it's frankly just epic. So already we're beginning uh, to see very different things. That's the first thing. Uh, Then we hear uh, a proclamation of Easter. So it's a long sung proclamation, usually sung by the deacon, that just speaks about the glory of this night. So a great exercise for those who are celebrating the Easter vigil at home would be to read through the text of the Easter proclamation. It's sometimes referred to as the exultet, E-X-S-U-L-T-E-T, which is just a solemn proclamation that this night Christ has risen from the dead. And then we hear a series of readings. There can be up to seven Uh, There are usually at least three, but we hear the whole story of creation, beginning with the creation uh, account of Genesis through the exodus from Egypt, uh, through the prophets, which proclaim the new creation that will happen in Jesus. And so we hear all of salvation history recounted in these seven readings. Uh, Then after singing those readings, we sing the Gloria, and Mass continues as normal for a while. On a typical Easter vigil, we also receive people into the church, and we celebrate with adults the sacraments of baptism, confirmation, and First Holy Communion. Because of the circumstances of this year, we'll have to celebrate those sacraments with the adults wishing to come into the church at another time. And so this year, if you're participating in a Mass that is being broadcast, in some way, uh, you'll notice that there will simply be a a simple blessing of water um, to remind us of our own baptism, and then the Mass will proceed as usual from there. On a typical Easter vigil, we'll bless that holy water, which will then be used to baptize new Christians so that they might experience the salvation that has just been proclaimed in the scripture readings that we heard. Uh, that they might be able to be buried with Christ in baptism and rise with him to new life. 
Uh, we would normally celebrate the sacrament of confirmation with them, and then they would join us for the very first time during the Eucharistic prayer and receive uh, their very first Holy Communion. So it's a time of Christian initiation, which is a wonderful celebration for everyone to take part in normally. This year it'll be much more simple in that we will um, simply have a blessing of new water. Then Mass continues uh, in the normal fashion, I might say, um, but that's only because the normal fashion is the Easter fashion. Uh, every Sunday is a celebration of the Lord's resurrection. That's why we celebrate Holy Mass on Sunday and keep that as the Lord's Holy Day, because it's the day of the resurrection. So each week on Sunday, we get to celebrate a little bit of Easter. So the rest of this Easter Mass looks like what we're used to, because we're used to celebrating the resurrection. And so we have the Eucharistic prayer, Holy Communion, and finally, we receive that blessing. Uh, we're told to go forth. Um, we're screaming Alleluia from the top of our lungs as often as we can, uh, because the Lord is risen from the dead. And so what began on Holy Thursday, when we've been held in suspense through every liturgy so far, is finally brought to completion at the end of the Easter Vigil um, with the conclusion of this Mass. As you mentioned, and as we've alluded to the past couple of days, this is obviously a unique year for a number of reasons. And I think perhaps that might even be an invitation to more strongly focus in on what's happening with the retelling of uh, salvation history and how that leads all the way to Jesus on the cross, in the tomb, and then ultimately resurrected. What else might you recommend to people who are at home uh, and, again, are attempting to engage with the liturgy, but also the, uh, the celebration of this time of the year? It certainly depends on folks' circumstances. Someone suggested to me already, which I thought was a brilliant idea, that this would be a great night for a bonfire in your backyard. So to go out into the yard with your family, uh, to light a fire, and uh, to read through uh, those stories of creation. Because the beginning of creation is God said, let there be light, and there was light. And here you have the light dispelling the darkness. So you might read those scripture readings um, around the fire, if that's something that's logistically possible for you. Uh, you'll certainly want to um, sing some Easter hymns together. We don't often sing together enough uh, as a people, I don't think. It's not as big of a part of our American culture as it is in other places. But if you see one of the coolest things that's been coming out of the crisis and the quarantine that we've all been watching in Italy over the last few months, is that what's united people and given them hope is that each night uh, folks in Italy will come out to their balconies or out to their windows and they'll all sing together some song. So singing together is an important way of celebrating, even if we're not accustomed to it. So you might choose to sing some Easter hymns together as a song, sing some Alleluia songs. Uh, it would be also a great night to renew your baptismal promises and uh, to use holy water to bless yourselves uh, at home to remind yourself of that baptism. So holy water hopefully is something that Catholics all have in their homes already, but it's also something that you can request even in these times when holy water fonts are empty due to hygienic reasons, uh, to find a way to have a priest, uh, to have your local priest bless some holy water for you before that day 
would be a great thing to do on that Easter vigil to remind yourself of your own baptism, to remind yourself of the day when the Lord led you out of this world and promised you eternity in the next, uh, where he saved you from sin and brought you into the glory of his resurrection. So I think hearing those stories from the scripture and uh, renewing our own baptismal uh, promises, maybe you pull out your baptismal candle, if that's something you still have, and light the baptismal candle that evening uh, to celebrate uh, our baptism. These are great ways that we can celebrate the Easter Vigil in our own home. Those are awesome suggestions. Thank you for, for sharing those. As we've done the past couple of days, could we conclude again today with a prayer? We will. And so as not to jump the gun, since you're probably listening to this before Easter has come, I'm going to pray the prayer uh, that is in the Liturgy of the Hours uh, for Saturday morning. It's a prayer of anticipation. So let us pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ever-living and all-powerful God, your only begotten Son descended into the depths of the earth, from which he arose again in glory. Grant to your faithful, buried with him in baptism, to share in his resurrection to eternal life, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Well, Father Jeff, I do want to thank you for taking the time over the past few days to uh, reflect with us, to offer us some suggestions as to how we can participate. Thank you very much for your time. It has been my pleasure and a very happy Easter to you and all of your listeners. I will sing, I will sing.